Welcome to Chess Talk, episode 275. Hey everyone. Hello. It's two of us with Chloe. I am playing chess against a robot. We're going to see if I can sneak it out this time. Uh, we got a lot of topics. Is there anything that happened this past week that you want to go over, get into? Not that I can think of. Okay. I've been playing video games because they're on sale. Yeah, you have. And there's a game, uh, Spongebob Battle for Bikini Bottom. It was a game, I think it came out like 2002. Yeah, it came out in 2003. Mm. And it was beloved in my eyes. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. And they just did a remaster this year. And it was on sale for Black Friday, so I got that. There's another game that also got a remaster that I got. So I enjoyed it. I 100%ed it over like two days. So definitely got my fun out of it. How much do you love Spongebob? I think love is a strong word for it. I enjoy it. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I think you love it. Like, I don't think you want to admit it, but you, I think you treasure it in a way that... Yeah, I think that's fine. I wouldn't say I love it, though. I think you love it. No. I think if I sat down and rewatched it consistently... You'd get really bored. No, then I would say I love it. Like, I've rewatched Scrubs more than I've rewatched Spongebob. Rewatch Spongebob. Let's see if you love it. I'd rather watch other things. And that's fine. I can still enjoy the humor in the games and the <laughs> jokes I remember from it. So yeah, aside from that riveting game. Did you enjoy it though? Like mm-hmm. legitimately? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just like I remembered it. That's why I was willing to 100% it. So mm-hmm. I'd say like, not objectively, but for me personally, I'd give the game an 8 out of 10. I feel like if I'm willing to platinum it, like yeah, it has to be that good. Would you say it's one of the games like... It's really easy, but not too easy that it's not fun. No, the only, like, every level was a breeze. Like, that's why I was able yeah. to beat it so soon. Because it's not like I played 10 hours a day every day. Like, I played yeah. probably, like, four or five hours Yeah, it felt day. like a short game. It, it's pretty short. Like, the only challenging level was the SpongeBob's Dream level. Because that had the most, like, platforming type stuff. Hmm. And it's just, the platforming isn't good in that game. Like, it's just, you're very floaty. And so if you try and, like, jump at an angle and stuff, it doesn't always move the right oh, way. Okay. So, like, and there was a lot of that. Okay. So, no, it's it's not hard at all. Anyone can 100% it. So is it because it's easy that it was fun? Because you play a lot of hard games. You play all the Dark Souls type games that are, to me, from an outside perspective, seem just really frustrating. Yeah. Like, probably satisfying when you beat a boss or don't die. It's really satisfying and fun, but... I'm sure it's a nice break from those kinds of games. Yeah, it is a nice break, but that isn't why I wanted to beat it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't pick that specifically because it was easy. It was just like, hey, I really like this game. And mm-hmm. I, I remember playing it when I was, you know, eight, eight or nine. So, yeah, that was pretty much And like, I haven't been able to play it in at least over a decade. So, yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. It wasn't any maybe subconsciously like that's why I picked it, but. It wasn't an active choice. Like, I need a break from getting frustrated. I'm sure that is why you enjoyed it so much. Part of the reason, at least. Yeah. And it's goofy. Yes. It's a very goofy children's game. There's nothing goofy about your health being underwear, I guess. No. A very serious game for real gamers. It's something I would play. And I'm fucking stupid. (laughs) And I'm bad at games. No, I wouldn't play this game. I was going to say, like, I mean, you can definitely try I it. I don't want to. Yeah, I know you don't. I watched Spongebob casually when I was younger. I thought it was funny as a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that, like, stayed with me into adulthood. Yeah. Not to be an asshole, but that's just fine. It wasn't, like, a nostalgic thing for me. Although I do enjoy the modern references. You know, I like I like SpongeBob memes. Mm-hmm. I like the chocolate. They all come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun, but my nostalgic video games are very different than that. Sly is basically the same game. It's different. Yeah, it's a different setting, but like the exact mm-hmm. same play style. But it feels a little like cooler than SpongeBob, even though it's still very cartoony. Like being a thief seems a lot cooler than being a fucking sponge. You're saving the city. 
from evil robots. Sly is avenging his dead family. Mm-hmm. I'm preventing the deaths from even happening. Okay. I think the story of Sly is better. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it's not yes. better, but like... I will argue can't... to my grave that Sly Cooper is a great series. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I've played it. I've beaten the trilogy. I know. I'm just saying it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. SpongeBob. Aside from that... That was a great weekend for me, watching you play SpongeBob. You loved it. The new WoW expansion's out, so as soon as we're done with this, I'll be playing that. Yeah, you played like an hour today? Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy the hour you played? Yeah, it's well. The story's cool. It's... Mm. I won't get into it, but yeah, it's just a different story, and the last expansion didn't have a great story, so it's yeah, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I saw a meme today that the last expansion was bad, essentially. Like, really bad. It was... Ever since the beta of that expansion, people were shitting on it, and when it didn't get better. When did that one come out? Twenty seventeen. Okay, because I feel like it came, an expansion came out while we were dating, but it didn't take over your life, so I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. Which either it came out before we started dating, or it came out and it was just really bad that you didn't want to play it. Yeah, it because um, what was it called? Battle for Azeroth. Okay. Um, one sec. So yeah, Battle for Azeroth came out. November, sorry, not November 17th. It was announced November 17th. It came out August 14th, 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the one where I took like time off work for was Legion, World of Warcraft yes. Legion. That came out in 2016. Yeah, that was before we started dating or like when we started dating. August 2016. We had been dating. Oh, math. I don't we know had, what year it came out. I said 2016 first. Okay, but it could have been like February. August 2016, and then, yeah, just under two years later, that one came out, and I was just kind of burnt out, and the story of that one didn't seem interesting, mm-hmm. and it turned out not being, so I didn't care. Yeah. But this one is, and my old guild is back, so I'm playing it. That's cool. Yeah. That's been my week. All I've seen is, around the time it came out, I went on Twitch and just looked through the World of Warcraft and looked at previews, and I just saw the same, like, color blue, and I was like, that's a really pretty color. <laughs> That's my only impression of the game so far. It's because the expansion, everyone has to go through the same zones depending on your level. And the first big leveling zone is like this blue realm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a cyan mm-hmm. color. and it, I like that color. So. Yeah. It's the, I already like the game. I've never played it. It's, that's like a, it's like a race of angels kind of that inhabit that realm and stuff. Yeah. And that's because at the end of when you hit the maximum level, you can pick one of the four covenants is what they're called to like follow and that's the covenant i'm gonna follow okay so that's cool are you excited uh yeah i'm glad it's happening on thanksgiving week yeah so you have a whole weekend the thanksgiving week that one we don't live in town and two there's a pandemic so it's like oh oh no we can't go and see oh because if it was a normal holiday we would have to pry me away on thursday Day. would be like zero time at home yeah but i mean it'd be the same for everyone so i wouldn't feel as bad like everyone in my guild at least because they all have like families and lives Mm -hmm. i think everyone has a family not strike that (laughs) not everyone that from the record (laughs) not everyone that is willing to go see them when a new Mm -hmm. wow expansion comes out Uh, yeah that's what i meant yeah like my guild mates are all like adults that understand like the game will be there. We'll have two years to play this one. Yeah. I'm glad you're excited about it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you'll have something to play. I hope it's when you get more into it that it still is fun so that you are actually excited to do the raids with your friends. Yeah. I mean, how the expansions usually go, it's like you just level up, get to max level, and then start gearing up because they space out the raids so it's not always at the same. So you have time to like get to a level where you can beat them right exactly okay yeah so i think if anything like if i play too much and i get to that level like it's fine taking a week or so to just kind of reset before the raid comes out so Mm -hmm. yeah it'll be interesting to see how the rating goes and if we stick with it yeah so it'd be cool i have no interest in wow i'm sorry i tried playing it it was fine i guess i liked having a dog but i like that you have friends through it i'm happy for you Mm-hmm. And I'll need to find something to do while you do all I that. I know. 
Although, That's why I bought the adapter so I can play my old PS2 yeah, games. Your relationship with Among Us has ended. I like the comedy aspects of it when you watch like funny players and not sweaty players that take it too seriously because it's a goddamn party game. Yeah. It needs to just be fun. Like, like very specific, but like when Steve and DK just sit in storage and don't give a fuck if they win, they just want to do their stupid fucking scary storage kills that's so much fun to watch yeah because they seem like they're having fun with it like they're not getting salty when they get caught by four people that are outside the door they're just that's so funny how that happens so i like funny things i don't like games (laughs) i'm not a gamer i don't give a shit (laughs) i don't know if i've made that clear over the last four years I think it's been mentioned once or twice. Yeah. I like old games that no one cares about. Have you ever heard of this game called SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom? Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of it. It seems really stupid. Because a lot of people care about that game, actually. I want to know if the Fairly Odd Parents game is on the PlayStation Store. I doubt what's it called. Break into Rules. Fairly Odd Parents Break into Rules. Because it's, you know, the fairies have the rule book. I know. And it's about, like, I think a fairy goes rogue and you have to, like, fix the rules or something. I don't remember. But it was a lot of fun. It came out right around the time of that old one. Or the SpongeBob. Yeah, I figured. It was early 2000s. I borrowed it from a friend. And then I can't remember if she told me just to keep it or if my parents bought me a copy. But I had it somehow. (laughs) It's not being remade, by the way. I didn't think it would be. But sometimes old games are on, like, PlayStation Store. Or, like, on the Wii, they would have old games on the Wii Store. Yeah, but they don't really do that anymore. Oh. Yeah. So, no, that's not on there. Damn. I think I got rid of that game. Yeah. It it's was... not a big deal. It was fine. Just nostalgia. That was my show. More so than SpongeBob. Yeah, I like that show, too. I just didn't... I never played the games... There was another SpongeBob game based on the movie that was very similar to the first one. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. It was more like an RPG, if anything, because you mm-hmm. had like abilities and stuff and you could like choose which one you wanted to rank up and make it Weird. better. Yeah. It's another nostalgic game for me, but did you ever play the A Series of Unfortunate Events video game? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's based on the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I have that game still. We rented it from Hollywood Video. Mm-hmm. And that's when I played it, and I got, like, a huge bag of sour gummy worms. And, like, so I spent all night playing the game and eating those Did gummy worms. Did you get worms. sick? No. Oh, okay. It was just my night. Okay. So when I think of that game, that's what I think of. That's weird. Sitting there eating those gummy worms. Yeah. There's also this fun game. I'm just thinking of nostalgic games for me. It was called Tenchu. Uh, it was, like, a ninja game on the PlayStation, but the idea was you had to be stealthy. Um it was just a stealth game, and you had to make it through levels without getting caught or dying, obviously. Um, but I used to play with my sister all the time, and there was, like, a co-op version where, like, there was no option of getting caught and fighting your way out. Like, if yeah. you got caught, you lose, and you have to restart the level. It was a lot of fun. And right. You could collect different items, and a, that would make it easier for you to get through the levels. I think I still have that one, too, but that's another one that was a lot of fun for me as a kid. Yeah. I just like old games. I don't like... I don't care about the new ones. You don't need to keep defending it. <laughs> I'm just remembering all these fun games I used to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to have my adapter so I can play them again. But you have all those games or you need I to I have buy Tenchu. Them? I have a series of unfortunate events. I have Tony Hawk's Underground. I have Guitar Hero, but I think when we moved, I had to get rid of the guitar. Yeah, but you can play with the controller. Yeah, but that's not as fun. I, got, I was really good at Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. You played on Expert? Uh, yes, and I was... My goal was like 100%ing every song, and I think I could do it on Expert except for the final like bracket, like where you had to play Freebird. I could never beat Freebird on Expert. It's yeah. way too hard. It's the most I've ever talked about games on I this know. podcast. That's why I was like, I don't want to stop this, but... It's all the we, old games. We do have other topics. It's all You can cut all that out. I don't care. I'm just talking to you. So we mentioned a little bit ago that I was watching Ozark. I finally finished that. I, I am caught up, and season three came out this year. So I think it's worth talking about as a season, maybe as a show as a whole, um, since, you know, it might be two years before we get another season, and then we'll fucking not remember anything. Yeah. Um, so spoilers for Ozark, because we're going to get into it. 
Yeah. Uh, I want you to take the floor because you... It's not as fresh in my mind. I know it's not, but like just your thoughts on the show as a whole and like... I you, really enjoy you, it. You're the old guard for the show in this podcast. No, I'm podcast. not. People watched it before me. In this podcast, you I guess, are. yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think all the characters are interesting. I think Wendy is just as unlikable as Skylar, but in a different way where she's just slightly a little more likable. I just hate Wendy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I mentioned it to you like when season two ended. It was just like a flip was switched. A switch was flipped. Mm -hmm. And like all of a sudden, like the final scene of season two, she's like, oh yeah, I'm a psychopath now. That's basically what she said. (laughs) I think it's this thing that these modern shows like to do. Like you kind of see it in Breaking Bad, but not to the extent you see it in Ozark where these kind of stifled housewives want to feel a little more powerful and in control. And I think... Ozark has taken it to another level than Breaking Bad did with Skylar when yeah. she was finally got her hands on the business with Walt. Um, yeah, because Skylar, all she ever got as far as the business was like complacent with it. Yeah. Whereas like now with Wendy. It's I like... think she likes the power because she's never really gotten to be powerful in the relationship. And so she tried with the affair and then spiraling from there, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think Laura Linney is perfect for the role. I love Laura Linney and she's so good at playing like kind of like a sociopathic. So what is she from? Originally, I have no idea. Yeah. She's just in a lot of things like. Because I m- mistook her for Laura Dern. No. Yeah, but I was like, that's not her. No. The only thing I know about Laura Linney and her like legacy, I guess is when the writers of Love Actually were writing the role that she played, they were like, we want this character to be like a Laura Linney type. And then they cast Laura Linney in the role. So she was someone before... Love Actually, yes. I think she has had a long career in a specific genre. Um, But she plays this kind of like Karen-esque woman very well where she seems like very like sweet but also kind of like a passive aggressive bitch i don't know what her like long-standing like legacy is though but she is just she's laura linney to me yeah she had the big c she was in fraser for a couple episodes no she played charlotte in fraser weird uh she was in truman show she was in primal fear i've never seen it but that's a big movie Mm -hmm. she was in congo uh yeah i don't know i don't know she has this like voice that i feel is very different from female actors yeah actresses she just stands out to me as someone different so i really like her in the role even though i think her character is just infuriating sometimes right but it's hard not to it's hard to relate to her just because i'm not in that position um i think jason bateman is playing himself again (laughs) He's very good at playing just a very, like, deadpan, stoic person. He's playing Michael Bluth, but in the drug world. I think he definitely is doing more than that, though, because there are absolutely scenes where he kind of, like, explodes and, like, shows a different side of himself. So I know a lot of people say that, like, oh, he's just, he's being Jason Bateman. But I think, like, it is more than that. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. Um, I think their chemistry is so... Like, really good, but in, like, a, like, a, you put two of the same ends of a magnet together, that kind of way, where they're always, like, butting heads, but for some reason it's still satisfying to try to push them together. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. It doesn't to me, because it's They're just... so grating on each other, and as a couple, I don't like them together, but I feel like as partners in this business, like... They work so well, and seeing them act together makes me really happy. I would say until season three, I would agree with you. But in season three, they just literally were at each other's throats every day. And it was so enjoyable to watch, though. But That's like, what I mean. Just, they... like, as characters, like, watching them together, like, ooh, it's just fun to watch. Right, but it's just, I don't know how they continued being partners. and They have to. But do they? Do they need to live in the same house? Like, they can still be partners, but not, like, act as married people. And it I was think just in order to make the cartel feel comfortable with their business arrangements, any kind of conflict between them 
would be a red flag to the cartel and be like, we can't trust them because what if they get divorced and one of them wants to squeal? Because them being a harmonious unit with the kids too means none of them are going to squeal on each other. That's that's my thinking is they have to. They're not staying together for the kids. They're staying together so they don't die. Yeah. Um, I really like the show. I think there are some moments that are a little boring, but I think the characters make it special. I think Ruth, played by Julia Garner, is a national treasure. Emmy Award winning. She's won twice now. Julia Garner. Wait, no, I think she won the Golden Globe and the Emmy this year. I don't know if she won anything last year. She won an Emmy for season two and season three. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think she is amazing. Little ramen head girl. She's perfect. Curly Q. I always get weird, weirded out by like these drug shows like Breaking Bad and Ozark. Like This isn't realistic, is it? But like it's still fun to watch and I think the characters make it more enjoyable than it should be. Because to me, when I first heard about it, it felt like just a Breaking Bad ripoff. I still think it... Not a ripoff, but it's just like Breaking Bad has its own sort of like... That's a genre now. Yeah. That's what I think this is. It's just in the Breaking Bad genre, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because it's different enough, but like you can only change so many things about someone laundering or making money for a drug cartel. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have similarities, and that's fine. Yeah. I hope that they have a limited story planned, and they don't just drag it out, because I think it would have a better... I keep using the word legacy, but it wouldn't just fade into, what's the word? Obscurity? I guess. Just if something overstays its welcome, it just, like, people forget about it. Like, The Walking Dead quickly just overstayed its welcome. Yeah. And now no one cares about it. Whereas if they had done, like, just, like, three seasons, maybe it would have been better than it was and would have had, like, a like a gold standard of what this kind of genre should be yeah but it's definitely overstated it's welcome i think netflix might be because they're kind of like loosey-goosey with keeping shows or cutting them like they're kind Mm -hmm. of they have like a reputation of just axing shows after one or two seasons Mm -hmm. but when they find a show that they do like and does have a viewership they don't want to let it go yeah my biggest example being house of cards yeah. And that show should have ended probably season three, maybe season four at the latest, but mm-hmm. kept going. Yeah, the cash cow. Uh-huh. And so like now I feel like this is one of their bigger shows, so they're going to keep it going. Yeah. I think this one and Stranger Things are the ones most... Stranger at... Things is by far their number one. I think those two shows are the ones most in danger of overstaying their welcome. Yeah. If they drag them out more than they need to be. Because yeah. I feel like what both shows have very different but they have this charm and this energy to them that's very fun and exciting and interesting and netflix knows that so if they keep it going they're gonna lose it Um, but they don't want to end it because they want their money little pivot here but do you know what the jonah is from no he's from something else i don't think you'll know off the top of your head because i didn't he played the young matt in daredevil like when they flash back to in young... the first scene of the first episode ever, he was in multiple scenes. Oh, I only remember him in one. That's yeah. funny though. Yeah, because like when there was like stick montages, like when Matt mm. Murdock was like training with Stick as a kid, like yeah. they had the same actor. Yeah, and then he was in a movie, The Ticket, where he played Jonah. Okay, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Uh back to the show though yeah not just the last the... thing i'll say is the series series finale season finale of season three the last scene was great now i want to know your thoughts on the show because it's all very fresh in your mind you watched all three seasons over the last like three weeks yeah about a month i would say okay uh good i would say that i don't know i think i've talked about it before but binging it makes the little things kind of blur together so it's like i'm mm-hmm. struggling to remember what's concretely in season one and what's in season two yeah um but i think the show did a smart thing with season three where by introducing the casino which just added a new layer of complexity and like different things that they have to worry about so it very quickly establishes itself as like okay we're moving on to bigger and better things Mm -hmm. and so i think that helps with the overall pace of the show so far Mm -hmm. with season three but again, the two main characters, Marty and Wendy, 
they're at each other's throats constantly and so it's like that's kind of frustrating and then even in season three of ruth also like turning on the birds and i think her and marty's uh, relationship and their partnership that they have together is one of the better parts of the show so that is frustrating to watch and i hate darlene so yeah. i don't like that she is still a person and living and breathing yeah yeah i think though not saying you're wrong but it's kind of the natural progression of how it's natural progression of the story like i get why ruth is leaving them i'm just saying yeah, like, like i don't like it because I, I like her chemistry i know i think they've continuously either taken advantage of her or put other things before her where they've tried to establish this kind of familial relationship with her that they take advantage of and you know ruth being a very like family oriented person like even though she's not a very like moral person like family comes first like she didn't care that her dad was in prison like don't talk about boyd and what's his face like that was like a lapse in judgment i think for her but like that's the kind of thing that i think you find in the south is no matter what your family does like they're your family they're your kin you don't give a fuck like her dad was in prison that's still her dad see so seeing them like take her in as a daughter type figure and them just kind of letting what's his face beat her up frank jr frank jr beat her up like I think she lost that respect for them. And then, you know, she found someone important in Wendy's brother. I don't remember his name. Ben. Ben. And then they just let him die. Mm -hmm. Like, I get her frustration and anger. I don't think it doesn't mean that they can't come back together. I hope they do because I also fucking hate Darlene and think she's trash. She's a rapist. Child molester. Why it's legal. He's basically not, though. He's, like, barely 18, right? Wasn't he just in high school? I mean, yeah, but it's a summer before college. I don't care. It's still not okay. He's I hate legal it. It's the worst part the of, the of the show. And I don't know if it's, like, a really bad stereotype of Southern life. I don't think so. I, I think don't it was know just why a... they did this. Because it's interesting it's not it's disgusting but everyone makes fun of it so it's fine anyways you talked about ben and ruth and that was another kind of like sour note for season three to me i feel like they fell into each other way too hard and it was a little it was just too much i think i liked it i don't know yeah but like they said like it was two months and they were already like honeymoon phase yeah but still it was just i don't know I don't know much about mental health, but in the I'm sure she he she made him feel so happy that like it just exponentially was more intense than it normally would be for people him. in the Reddit threads are saying like Ben the character of Ben did a very good job of portraying uh, bipolar and just like the ups yeah. and downs and things like that, but it's still it's just I don't know. I, I, I do see it as more like the straw that broke the camel's back with Ruth's relationship, but it's still just, I was mm-hmm. like, you don't know him. You broke him out of the hospital. And Wendy yeah. even said it like, why do you think you know him better than me? Mm-hmm. You're the reason he's dead, Ruth. And I'm like, that does make sense. Oh, yeah. I definitely think there's some truth to Wendy saying that. Yeah. So I it's just, did I, not disagree with you. It's Wendy. Wendy isn't a saint. Ruth isn't innocent here either. Like, she doesn't know better than doctors or the person that lived her whole life with him. Yeah. Ruth doesn't know better just because she loves him. Like, if you struggled with severe mental illness and your family told me, hey, be careful of this, and I decided I knew better, I would be an asshole. Yeah. That's just... No. (laughs) So, I'm not saying Ruth is a good person here either. I just, I think the way the story progressed made sense with the choices each person made, even if it is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying like there's plot holes with the yeah. story. and. Did you like that Darlene shot Frank Jr.'s dick off without thinking of your dick being shot off? Did you think it was justice, even though you hate Darlene? Uh, no, it's not justice. It, it was just a power play. Yeah. It was just Darlene knowing that that would get Ruth on her side. And that's literally the only reason she doesn't give a fuck about Frank Jr. Does it make you a little annoyed that Frank Jr.'s dad 
Frank Sr., I'm assuming, didn't immediately kill her for doing that and was, like, really valuing the money that she was presenting him. No, because he's a criminal that already has, like, a bad moral compass. Yeah, it's just really funny to me that he didn't value his son over this business opportunity. I, I, it's like a normal, not normal, but, like, they've kind of made reasons for that like throughout the season frank jr complained that his dad never really like gave him proper jobs and stuff Mm -hmm. and he was on babysitting duty and yeah but he frank senior understands that his son put a very important person in the hospital and could easily killed her and like Mm -hmm. he does have this coming to him as fucked up as it is so Hmm. yeah it's a weird criminal moral compass and that's why i think he let it slide and also money it's funny the last thing I want to ask you about is Helen. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I'm surprised she made it as long as she did. Really? I, she was an asset to I was the cartel. annoyed by her. Well, yeah. She's not a likable person. No, she's not. But it's just towards the end, I mentioned it to you. She was just making too many power plays and like trying to move up too mm-hmm. quickly. And that clearly was a wrong move because it got her killed. But I just, mm-hmm. I didn't see how she could try and out the birds and think it would just be kind of flawless. I think she relied too heavily on their screw up with Ben. Yeah. Or, I mean, just, I think a lot of the issues, like the second casino taking so long and the back, like the battle between Marty and Wendy about mm-hmm. getting it and then like getting the FBI involved. So Helen thought she was doing the right thing, but she just, it's the same she thing. She overplayed her hand. That the Navarro yelled at Wendy for when he, she called him like for the fifth or sixth time and he was like i don't know what you're doing like this isn't a relationship we're not partners i use you and you do what i say and i feel like the same thing happened to helen mm-hmm. she thought she was becoming like more equals with navarro and mm-hmm. he was like now nah, fuck this yeah and nipped it in the bud yeah did you think she would die i didn't know how they were gonna end the season so mm-hmm. no i didn't think it it just just kind of happened and i was like okay <laughs> i thought it was more intense than that but okay i mean it's just i'm sure it should be but it, to me it's almost like they didn't even give me time to think about it because the show ended yeah and i feel like that's probably the point like that's a cliffhanger you know like boom just but it just knowing that oh well, it's gonna be two years before i'm just guessing it's gonna be two years before the next season mm-hmm. um i don't know i just feel like it's such a high sharp note to end on that like the impact is just like lessened instantly knowing the real life and how shows are made mm-hmm. so okay i think that contributed to my lack of shock okay but overall did you enjoy the show will you keep watching it when a new season comes out yeah yeah i planned on it okay whenever that does come out probably next year at some point if not later I mean, there's no way they've started filming, so it's. I'm assuming that's why it's going to be like early 2022, like no. March 2022. Yeah, yeah. It's just what it is. Yeah. What would you rate it? I don't fucking know. It's not fresh enough in my yeah. mind to do that. I'm sorry. What would you rate it? Probably like seven. Okay. Seven unhealthy age gaps. I think it's one of the better shows airing right now. It's a drama show worth watching. Yes. That's not just a slog that has interesting character interactions. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Thanks for watching it. Next, we're going to talk about a movie. Another movie oh, came out this the year. Movie. The movie. Uh, it's Bad Reputation by Joan Jett. No, it's not. It's called Bad Education, directed yeah. by Corey Finley, I want to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the only other movie he's done is Thoroughbreds, which we talked about probably three years ago at this point. Is that when the movie came out? I think it came out in 2017. Was... Maybe 2018. 2017. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Came out in 2017. It was his first film. He was originally a playwright. I very much enjoyed Thoroughbreds. I don't know what episode we talked about it on, but I remember loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is his next film based on a true story about a school district in, I want to say, Long Island. It was Long Island. Basically, the superintendent and his assistant were caught embezzling money out of the school district for Not years. Just a little bit, but millions, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars from, of taxpayer money. Yeah. 
Um, it stars Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney. It is. Janney. It was originally released on HBO. Ray Romano. Ray Romano How is in it. How could you forget it. him? He was like a barely a supporting character. He was in it. He's the second build on IMDb. Really? Yeah. Before Allison Janney? Yeah. That's weird. She is fourth. Who's third? Uh, Welker White. Mary Ann. I feel like this is like by order of appearance or something. It must be. <laughs> uh, Walker White was like his uh, Frank's assistant that did like the scheduling and stuff. Oh. She was not a big character at all. The one all. that got him coffee? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Third build. <laughs> uh, that's the plot of the movie. There's really not more to it than that. Just it's based on a true story of that happening. And the interesting part of it to me is that it's a student that kind of uncovers it. While she's researching something for her school paper, she kind of figures something out about it. Yeah. And she's the one that breaks the story. And then the story ends up in like the New York Times and all these like really big newspapers. All the newspapers in the tri-state area. Yes. <laughs> um, did you like the movie? Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I talked about it a little where I feel like this movie should have been more about the... I would have liked it more if it was about the investigation and her uncovering it, but the mm-hmm. way the movie portrayed it and you read like quotes from the actual student that found it, like there wasn't too much investigating that was done. Yeah. And so Which just... you said makes it seem like it was a lot more obvious right. than the movie made it seem. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I, I just didn't enjoy that the movie felt like it was more a character piece about Frank and his like sins as a whole and not just the money laundering or the embezzlement sorry. yeah i think because it's credit marked credited or whatever as like a true crime film yeah and for me it feels not like a true crime film more as like a character piece which i think from that angle it was very well done i think he, they made him seem like a very interesting complex person with kind of sociopathic tendencies but also like this passion and love for education um, I think that's just kind of his writing style, though, Corey Finley. He's a playwright. He knows how to write very well. Interesting characters. Too. Yes, very interesting characters. But maybe he gets lost in the weeds a little. Yeah, because I think when you're writing from the perspective of writing it, like, for a play or, like, for the stage, like, you're very limited in, like, the effects and the scene scenery you have to like very much focus on dialogue and characters to really have a great story at least from my experience of watching high school theater right and that's fine like i'm i don't knock this movie because like oh it took place in a school yeah no i'm just saying i think less true crime more of a character study i would have been like perfect but like i do enjoy the true crime aspects of it more like this scene with um the student, I don't remember her name. Rachel. Yeah, Rachel and her dad, like, calling all these different places that received invoices from the school. Yeah, like, I would I wanna, like to see a little more of that. I want and, like, more of that. When he calls this company, but it turns out to be Alice and Janney's husband's company, I would have liked them to see, like, I would like them to go investigate what that company is and mm-hmm. make connect the dots a little more. That would have been fun. As opposed to, like, oh, you hung up on me after saying the wrong business name, and then the dad mm-hmm. was like, oh, well, on to the next one. Like, yeah. I, I wish they would have traveled down that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fun, true crime. The investigation. Finding the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think its runtime was good. It didn't feel too long. No, yeah, it didn't overstay its welcome, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's always a danger with movies these days. Yeah. Um, but I think it knew what story it wanted to tell on top of the true story. And I think it accomplished that. I can't get over the fact that his young affair looked like Brendan Fraser. Did you look up that actor? To no, see? but he looked so much like Brendan Fraser. I can't get over it. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm going to look him up. That didn't bother me too much because you definitely saw it. I couldn't like get through any scene with him without thinking of Bedazzled or The Mummy. Yeah. I don't think he's related to Raphael Cassell. I don't think he is, but he looks Cassell. so much like Brendan Fraser. Um, I think Hugh Jackman did a great job. 
you know, I haven't really seen him in anything besides Wolverine. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know he could really act. Like, he reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of Christian Bale in American Psycho. Yeah. Just less crazy. Yeah, no, I, I knew he had it in him to be more than just... Wolverine. Tank top and muscles. Yeah. I As someone that almost became a teacher, I liked the aspect of him that really cared about students and education. And I think... From what I've read online, that's really what this guy was like. He did really care about teaching and education, but I think he got caught up in a bad thing. Yeah, because he he cared about the kids, I think, overall, but Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. Because it's like, you can't say it's a lapse in judgment when it happened over multiple years and millions millions of of dollars. dollars. It's like, that's not a lapse of judgment. That's you actively not doing the right thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard to... To imagine the mental headspace where like you justify doing that over yeah. and over when and you're trying to make the school district better but it's like but you're leeching off of them mm-hmm. yeah and as far as i can tell the guy is out of jail already um he seems remorseful and understands like he is a crook and he's tried to stay out of public eye and not talk yeah. about it and draw attention to himself because it's a shameful thing that he did and i think he realizes that yeah, after he got caught, he realized After he got caught, Not obviously. after the first No, million. I'm not saying he's a good guy. Yeah, that's that's my issue with it. Like, oh, yeah, like, they repented and they he mm-hmm. paid the money back and served time. But it's like, yeah, but you did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're still a criminal. When you think about justice and rehabilitative justice, mm-hmm. you know, they still did a bad thing. But the point of... The justice system should be they learn from it they feel remorse they'll never they're never going to do it again and i think that should be the focus of the justice system and it seems from a very outside perspective with very little knowledge that it worked for him and he's trying to just stay out of the spotlight i do think he does not deserve his hundred and seventy four thousand dollar pension that he gets from the school district but that's another topic entirely. Yeah. Maybe that's why he feels so shameful because, mm-hmm. oh, I have money I still, know. but I feel so ashamed of what I yeah, did. Yeah, he's really struggling Yeah. with all his remorse. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Fuck you, um, Frank. Yeah. As a film, though, not as a story, like a true story, I did enjoy it. It's my kind of movie. Yep. I enjoyed it, but I wasn't blown away by it. Yeah, probably not in my top three of the year but i did like it i do like the director i want to see more from him i just want him to do a little something a little more interesting next time it just felt very like i mean i can't say it felt self-contained because thoroughbreds was very self-contained like just had like a very like different kind of story that was a little more engrossing let me get let me throw out a pairing would you want to see a film directed by him Corey finley Mm -hmm. and written by aaron sorkin no, because I think he's a better writer. He wasn't. If I have to hear one more fucking movie or show where Aaron Sorkin talks about voting being overthrowing the government, I'm going to shoot myself because I think he's done it in like four or five different Would it things. surprise you to know that he wasn't a writer on Bad Education? He wasn't a writer? He was just the director. Weird. I'm sure he had input, though. Wasn't credited. Weird. I do think based on Thoroughbreds, he's a better writer. From one movie, it's, I think it speaks to his talent that give he's him, already better than Aaron Sorkin in writing. Give him 10 more movies and see if he reuses lines. Yeah, I'll put an asterisk, <laughs> asterisk by my statement. Yeah. Okay. So out of $10 million, what would you rate this? I want $10 million. <laughs> I don't like that rating system. Think of a better one, Missy. Um, out of 10... Skywalks. Pastrami on Rise. Sure. Um, I'd give it a 7. Give it a 6.5. Okay. That's what I thought. That's where it belongs. Okay. Final Check it out topic. if you have HBO. Oh. Check it out if you have HBO. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. If you have Some... HBO, it's not going to cost you anything to just watch this movie. It's, it's not very long. It's Something fun. new this year. That's Yes. It. That's all we can hope for. Seriously. Okay. Final topic. We're watching a new show. It's a comedy. It's on Apple Plus. We have that now. It came out in February. And it's written by one of our faves. 
Rob McElhenney. Yeah. Starring him. It's called Mythic Quest, colon, Raven's Banquet. Yes. And it's uh, basically video game Silicon Valley. <laughs> Mythic Quest is an MMO in this universe, and Raven's Banquet is a brand expansion? new expansion that just came out. And so it's going through the life of the office and the process of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like the tail end process, because the... First episode is like it's launched. Yeah, they're getting into it. So spoilers. Like I thought it was going to be like leading up to the expansion coming out, but like they were just like, nope, expansion's out. So I I enjoyed that part of it. Like right away, I was like, oh, that's different. Mm -hmm. Um, And another cool thing about it is Ubisoft is a partner with them, Mm -hmm. and so anytime they show like game footage, it's using actual Ubisoft games, which I do enjoy because Mm -hmm. every other show that shows video games, it's some dinky fucking stupid render and like oh no this is actual games and like different scenes and stuff so Mm -hmm. that adds to the immersion of the show have you recognized any games besides for honor Mm -hmm. yeah they used prince of persia for a little bit there's definitely been a couple assassin creed shots and far cry as well (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, i don't know they they're pulling from all the ubisoft games because they're all kind of like fucking medieval yeah so they can Mm -hmm. it's cool yeah do you like the show yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I, I don't think it's it's always sunny too or something like no. that, but it's still just kind of quick and kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like geeky, but not so geeky in your face. Like it's not some sort of IT crowd or yeah. anything like that. It's just an office yeah. comedy. I think it has more heart than it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Like it's not just joke after joke after joke. It's like we really want you to care about these characters. They're not all assholes. Like the testers specifically. Yeah. Um, They're cute little lesbian storyline. I mentioned it to you. It's like Silicon Valley if every character didn't viciously hate the other character. Yeah. It's like sure they don't love each other but like. At the end of the day like. They're working for the same company. Yeah and they all care. Yeah. About the game. Something. Like maybe not Danny Pudi's character. He just cares about money. <laughs> I don't think he gives a shit about the game. I thought for whatever reason I thought of Pudi Chu when he said that. I was like I don't know how to say his last name. I almost called him Abed. I don't remember his character's name. Brad? His name's Brad. Brad. Yes, yeah. Brad. I don't think he gives a shit about the game. He cares about money. Yeah. And that's his I job. Mean, that's fine. And a good thing about that or i guess like the nice thing about that he's very upfront about that yeah that's like the first thing out of his mouth whenever he talks is mm-hmm. like this stupid game but here like i have this new loot Here's box the go casino. sell it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that's what someone would do mm-hmm. i've been looking at the subreddit and the discussion threads for the episodes mm-hmm. people didn't love it surprisingly i don't know if they had it in their mind that it would be kind of a it's always sunny-esque show like crude yeah which you know if that's what you expected like you're pushing rob mcelhenny into a corner there if you're expecting him to just write that kind of show every day right and i like seeing a different side of him where he can write characters that have feelings Mm -hmm. so and i think he does it well um i think it's fun yeah, I, I don't know if we're just benefiting from no build-up to the show, which is possible. And a lack of content this year. Definitely, but it maybe like the people that have been like following his Instagram and waiting for it to come out and stuff, and then it came out and they're like, oh, but this isn't exactly It's Always Sunny. They're like, hmm. I think that could be a big contributing factor, because yeah. people really didn't love it. And then um, a lot of people hate the assistant character, Joe. Joe. I think she's fucking hilarious. We definitely enjoy her so far. Maybe it gets old, but like Maybe. She, she seems like a, I know it's like a trope, just like the psychopath. Yeah. But, but I think she... it's such a good like foil to like the feelings and the heart of the show. It's right. just this fucking maniac of a character. And it's, <laughs> I think it's also different that she isn't constantly doing crazy shit. It's mm-hmm. just like, she's all talk. Yeah. So... I think that helps, whereas if she was constantly, you know, like, poisoning people and Mm -hmm. stuff, but, like, all she does is make memes telling 14-year-olds to kill themselves. Yeah. (laughs) So far. Like, who doesn't do that these days? In the first two episodes, that's the craziest she's done. Yeah. I think she has, like, a good back and forth with a lot of the characters, Mm -hmm. and I don't care if she's a little over the top and people are insensitive or people are very sensitive to that kind of humor where she talks about suicide and killing people. But I think it's funny. 
Yeah. And if you don't, I just, I don't sorry. agree. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I don't know. I want to think I'm not starved for content this year, but I really think this show is funny. Yeah, not starved so It has much. its cheesy moments, but I think there's genuine moments that are just good writing. Fun fact, Joe, her name's Jessie Ennis. She was in Better Call Saul. In like one episode? Seven. She Ooh. was uh, the so one of the attorneys at Davis and Maine when Saul got like a job at a actual like law firm, Davis and Maine. Was that where Ed Begley Jr. was? Is that a, a person? It's an actor. Maybe. I think he's one of the attorneys. Clifford Maine. Maybe I'm. Yes, know. that's Ed Begley Jr. Okay. Yeah. It, it was. Do you recognize her at all? No. But she was just a very like stuck up attorney that was very annoyed with jimmy and Did like the say antics. she was a first year associate yes oh okay that's why she was stuck up yes okay. because he was doing stupid things and not following the rules and she was did she tell him try to correct him on using the firm's like um forms mm-hmm. okay i remember her yes yeah uh, sorry it was just a weird weird yeah. connection from something we like i don't know but i like this show she's in veep who is she in Veep? Lee Patterson. Lee Patterson. It's in 2015, so I feel like it's end of the show. She was in four episodes. I don't remember. I don't. I think this show is fun. I think it's cute, but also really funny. Yeah. I don't care a lot about video games, but it's more than video games. Um, are there a lot of like references to video games that I'm missing, or no. do you just think that maybe the shovel thing was kind of a reference to Fortnite? Or I think it was. A re- I think that's. A not-so-subtle reference to Fortnite. Because was there, like, controversy around this pickaxe in Fortnite? No. Oh, okay. But it's just, like, people actually gravitated towards the pickaxe, and, like, mm-hmm. they, like, cosplayed with it and stuff oh. like that. Like, And then people love the shovel. And people make, like, there are skins for the pickaxe where, like, people get excited to have a different pickaxe skin. It's weird. Okay. Oh. I didn't know if there were other things in episode two that were kind of directly parodying, like the masked knight or whatever. I mean, that's probably just Star Wars. Yeah, I was like, it's just a pop culture thing. And yeah. like, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah. We're going to keep watching it. Two episodes per podcast episode should last us to the end of the year. So I think that's a good pace. Yeah. So. It's fun. We're enjoying it. We're going to keep talking about it. Deal with it. I think it's worth checking out if you can. Support the writers you like. Support Apple. No, don't support Apple. Support you need support to support Rob Nakalini. Find it somewhere else. Yeah, sail the high seas. That's what you're saying. I didn't say that. Yeah, you implied it. Mm-hmm. Just uh, support the writers that you know are great. If you like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It isn't the same, but you know that there's good writing there. Yeah. Support them. Anyways. Let them keep making their passion projects. Anyways. Is that it? Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay. So thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week talking about that show, another movie, uh, something else, maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But we'll yeah. see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.